ladies do. Well, before I do that, I just was, I want to say what I said when we weren't recording that a putting on a bra is a hate crime right now to me, to my body, because I don't wear them. And two, whenever I put on makeup, I feel like a clown now. So the things I do for Hoops Talk is, uh, you know, theater, theater. Well, what you feel is wrong. You don't look like a clown. No, you oh, don't. Thank like you. I've been and wearing it, a bra for weeks. I'm with my 96-year-old grandpa. Oh, yeah. I'm you not, can't be letting those I'm things not, hang loose. I'm not allowed, about to let the dogs off their leashes in front of him. So Yeah, yeah. I can understand that. Like, yeah. Yeah, I feel like decorum for me is slowly slipping further and further into the abyss. So mm-hmm. let's see what happens. I mean, my hair also is different from week to week because it's, I've, what am I going to do? I can't get it cut. Mine, yeah. mine is down to my ass crack. It's <laughs> I, if I could clap my butt cheeks, it would get caught in the middle of it. <laughs> that's how, that's how you start a show. <laughs> that's the adult version of Tangled. Okay. <laughs> Disney plus X, X, X. <laughs> Make the cheeks clap. <laughs> well, with that said... Um, there's a lot going on. We're super excited about our guest who, um, is going to be on in our next segment for our Women Crush Wednesdays. We're super excited to have her on. Um, and you know, we definitely want to just say, you know, there's a lot going on everywhere and we hope that, you know, this podcast, we want we want you to, you know, teach something or give you something, but we also want it hopefully just be a moment where you can like take a quick breather, you know, a quick breather. Um, I think our, uh, who we're going to have on our guests is going to bring a lot of information and great energy. So we're super excited. And then there's some things that we've um, want to call out that's happening in the sports world, which I'm sure everybody knows about. So these fuckers, <laughs> it's never ending. I feel like maybe them being quarantined has made them go even more crazy, but at the same time, it's like, Hey, expose yourselves, please. Come out yeah. now. Yep. It's, it's a whole new world, and we'd yep. rather know who we're, we're dealing with. Yes, <laughs> up front. Yeah, I don't want any more years to pass without knowing who you, you know who these people truly are. So it's good to go. Um, but how is San Francisco? Tell us, Karen. Oh, heat wave! I had to buckle Ooh. in and buy an AC unit. I know. You're like, what? I know. That's unheard of. <laughs> I mean, usually our heat waves like what? March, October. Right. right. It was a month from the last one. What's happening here? This is actual seasons. It's yeah. <laughs> it, no, it's like, yeah, it's literally, literally turning into like a rock movie, you know, where some sort of like <laughs> sea creature is going to come out or the city's going to be underwater. Yeah. And yeah. you know, I know we'll probably touch on it much more, but uh, a little proud of SF, you know, for a uh, few years you know this too liz uh sf lost a lot of its people of color especially the black community yes. and sixteen thousand people showed up this Good. week um even with smaller ones but our largest one and it was led by a 17 year old girl from a local high school so that's awesome yes gen z show the fuck up let's show, show people how it's done so oh, i love I, it i'm proud i love it that's i love awesome. it and how's utah how's it going there it's hot it's very 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 hmm. very hot um, that's all I got. <laughs> that sounds good. That sounds good. Yeah. LA is starting its June gloom, which mm-hmm. I'm not mad about. We had an earthquake. 
on top oh, of all yeah on top of everything the we, had a, we had a 5.1 and to be quite honest I was listening to salsa music and I was kind of like dancing you know while I was working so when my husband came out and he's like oh my god oh my god I was like oh my god I thought I was just like rocking it so hard that I was making the apartment oh I, I was shaking the room baby <laughs> I was like I'm in look at me but no it was an earthquake so there you go can't take credit no I can't I can't my hips lied on that one it was actually an earthquake um with that with that recap of ours collective cities um I want to do our intro and some house cleaning um first off please subscribe or like and review on apple Podcasts and or on spotify or wherever you enjoy uh listening to your podcast also we really highly recommend that you download the good news radio app um, and check it out. You know, you can listen to our show. It, it goes out at 6.30 p.m. on Wednesdays on the app, and there's a way you can see, like, archived. And there's a lot of really good shows on our network, so check those out. And make sure you subscribe to our YouTube because that is, you know, popping off with this, and we're going to have some, like, bonus stuff going up later this month. Um, and so, yeah, you should do that. Also, we're on TikTok, the Hoops Talk uh, podcast. Just so you know, our Hoops Talk intern just got promoted. I guess that's what they're calling it now. Oh. He was promoted from eighth grade into high school. Congrats, uh, Noah. Uh, ooh, it's yes. going to, ooh, that's a shift. Mm, I, I'm sure we're going to be talking about his shifting <laughs> on this show. Because mm. <laughs> I did, a, I, they did the procession for him. And then I Zoomed with him and his momager, my sister, and he's playing Fortnite. And I, I actually talked my sister into potentially extending his bedtime to 1 a.m. I'm a terrible aunt. I know. And then my husband's like, you do realize you don't have to deal with him when he hasn't slept for like, and he's been Frankie playing Fortnite ass. for 10 yeah. hours. And I was like, well, that's not my problem. <laughs> I'm the that's fun hers. <laughs> yeah, I'm a fun aunt. Um, so yeah, so congratulations to him. And he's got his classes and he's doing a lot of sports and he wants to be in the debate club. So I'm sure uh, my, me as a proud auntie will be putting that out on our social as well. Um, but that's all I have right now. Karen or Kindle, any uh, any other podcast you're on or anything else you want to update or promote? Oh, yeah. Uh, on our Redbubble, Liz, I did see that we do now have Hoops Talk masks. Oh, okay. So check out our merch. We have masks. They're going to keep you clean and <laughs> you're going to be repping the Hoops Talk. So dope. Thank Bye. you, Karen, for setting that up. I love it. I'm, I might go and I like bulk. Oh yeah, I'm about to just pass it to people. I'm like, mm. yeah, yeah, but I think so. Get, pass you, go, get go your out ass to out of like, here, here. Yeah, pass it out to the people walking in the peaceful protest. You know, Ooh, for them yeah. to be like you safe. Go. You know, and you know, hey, hoops talk. Because <laughs> what brand isn't already backpacking on this movement, right? Well, yeah. also, you can wear AirPods and listen to the podcast. So, just saying, while you're walking, walk and talk. So, there's that um okay i think we're ready we're gonna bring on our guest so stay tuned and she's gonna be on next all right here we go hi ari welcome to the hoops talk Ooh. i'm really excited to be here yeah yes. awesome so glad to have you on you know we've been uh, 
this is our uh, Women Crush Wednesday segment, um, and you are someone that has been high, high on the list to come Aww. on to the show. Um, and we've had a few of your colleagues. Some of them spilled a little bit of tea about you. We had Jasmine oh, Baker yeah. on here, Kelsey mm-hmm. Trainer. So that's my girl. That's my girl. We have group chat and everything. Nice. That's what I said. Though. All love. All love mm-hmm. for sure. For sure. Um, so we. One of the reasons why we do this segment is because we love talking to women to highlight and share tips and talk about their career journey. Um, I, Ari, I know your your talent and social for Bleacher Report, House of Highlights, and Highlighter, mm-hmm. which is newer because I know it had been called something else and then you you, you uh, changed the name. It looks fantastic. Um, and then you're <laughs> – it's great. I love it. Um, and it's also – you're also a model and host based – um, in New York. So you're living in New York right now. Um, so before we go into your career journey, I would love to just talk to you about what your personal journey has been these past couple of weeks with uh, the peaceful protests that are happening um, with the, um, you know, that was sparked by the murder of George Floyd. Um, and also, um, you know, just how are you feeling like also the pandemic there's just like 2020 has been real it's, i mean she came in and she was like i'm not playing with you girls mm-hmm. yeah no. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm about to stress <laughs> all y'all out right um, exactly so i'd lo- love to hear what your journey has been these uh, past few months so even before um the murders have occurred i have been dealing with this pandemic without my family because i'm in new york and they're in North Carolina. <clears throat> so that's been something that I've had to figure out balance with my mental health mm-hmm. um, while still trying to curate content and putting out things that I would normally um, prior to the pandemic. But May 10th, that's when I ran for Ahmad, who okay. got, mm-hmm. we all know this story in, mm-hmm. in Georgia. Um, and then we had Brianna. And then we had George and it, it was back to back to back. And this is nothing new. I, you know, Facebook shows you your memories. Instagram shows you your memories. I was fighting for this back in 2012, 2014, 2016, 2017. And it's just, it, it's to the point where when is it going to stop? How loud do we have to be in order to make a shift, to make a change? Um, just being in content to having to refresh your feed often has been trying. Um, I, I live in an area, well, I, I moved to Secaucus, New Jersey, and so it's very quiet over here, and you wouldn't even know anything's happening, so it's kind of eerie to turn on the TV and turn on your so, like social media and, and see things burning down because of just the injustices that have been brought upon my people um, for so long. But... Um, I, I don't know how to stay above water at this time. I have had days that are better than other days. Um, I've, I, I'm fortunate enough that my boss, he's like, take all the time you need. The platform will still be here. Um, <clears throat> but being a black woman, having to fear for my friends, for myself, for my family, because um, we never know when our last day is going to be because of the society we live in. Um, it's it's troubling. And then I have one of my best friends, Amanda Zowie B. She plays in the WNBA. Yeah. She's in Sweden marching. And just knowing that they're in Sweden feeling the pain, it's, it's just really, it's a monumental thing, but it's an eerily monumental thing because it's so, the whole world can see 
the injustices that are going on. But you still have people that will argue with you that all lives matter or this isn't happening and doesn't exist. My 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 favorite one, if you can have a favorite of these horrible comebacks, is well, police murder white people too. I'm just like, are you not mad I, about yeah. that? Is right. it, is this not an issue? Like I, I right. like that. Okay, so yeah. join us. I'm yeah. confused. Right. Um, but that that just doesn't make sense. And and I've had to pull back a little bit because. I've noticed that the people who want to stay in their bubble of ignorance, they have to stay there. You cannot get through to everybody. It's it's impossible. But I'm really proud of, you know, black people, allies for stepping up and like seeing things differently. I, I, I know a couple white people who did not realize the magnitude or the importance of Black Lives Matter until now. Mm-hmm. And and I'm just glad they're stepping up now. And willing to listen and, mm-hmm. and willing to speak out and, and go against your families mm-hmm. and, 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 and stand up for what's right. I think that's a beautiful thing to have a change in mentality once mm-hmm. you, you know, receive more information about things, once you open up your eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been beautiful to see, like, how people have been able to be absorbent to everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but me personally, I'm, I started May 10th running from God and I'm still running. I'm like yeah. over a hundred miles now because it's still happening. And I didn't realize like that I, that's the way I channel like all of my sanity and mm-hmm. energy. I just, I just go and run. Yeah, I, actually I saw you tweet asking if there were uh, mm-hmm. runs for this type of, you know, for social injustice or, you know, to, to donate. Um, I'm not sure if you got any responses, but that's an interesting, that, I mean, we should, (laughs) or I don't know. Yeah, exactly. I I ran, um, because I I do these virtual races and I'm a part of like the NYC run. So we run for coronavirus. We run for fallen soldiers. Why is there no Black Lives Matter run? Yeah. Like I'm right now, my my run is for Monopoly and that includes three marathons in there, but it's just like, Mm -hmm. I can I can literally run a five k for Black Lives Matter. I can run a ten k. Like that's light work for me, and I can raise money. Um, yeah. I hope somebody out there knows anything that's dealing with Black people and, <laughs> yeah. and paying for our mileage so we can give to charity. Yeah, um, they're looking for it. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping that this. I mean, I agree with you. I, there's so many things that I see that I'm just like. I mean, we're going to talk about it later, you know, athletes sometimes coming out with statements that we're just kind of baffled by, but then I want to take it to the next level. I'm like, okay, yeah, I get it. Athletes are human, blah, blah, blah. But like, what about the reporting? Mm-hmm. Look at the top, you know, let's look at the top and see how we can change those uh, views by having more people that look like you, like me, mm-hmm. like, you know, us in those newsrooms, which I know you were also very vocal about Sports Illustrated mm-hmm. not having a single black reporter supporting oh, no. about sports. Yeah, it doesn't make, doesn't make sense. I know a couple of people that freelance, like she, like I, I've been a freelancer for them. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, but for them to not have one full-time staff member. And I, and I, and I think that I've read on Twitter, don't, don't hold me to this, but the ringer is the same way. Yes. So it's just yeah. like, oh, I don't Christ. understand how, how in these times, like 2020 times, not just like Black Lives Matter times, yeah. how you don't have one and nobody sees a problem with that. Like yeah. a lot of companies have to wake up right now because they're they're fishing for a post. They're fishing for a post to make themselves look good, right? They yeah. have nobody to turn to. And and that's another thing. Like this is a, a fault for a lot of a lot of companies. They're trying to release the right statements and they're trying to 
tap into their black employees, but their black employees have no type of senior leadership. They have no type, mm-hmm. like that's not their job. Yep. They're, they're not mm-hmm. running communications. They're not in the C-suite. So why right. are they being burdened with having to be the voice of the company when nobody was listening beforehand? Yep. And that's yeah. something that the companies really have to take a very strong look in the mirror and be like, what are we doing? Right. Not just like a checkbox on diversity and inclusion. You should really have, you know, when you have one person of color, even if you have just one, mm-hmm. they don't, they won't feel empowered to speak up because they're just trying to survive in a space where they're the token. Yep. Tokenism, that's really hard. It's mm-hmm. really hard because you don't want to say the wrong thing because then they can just replace you with another black. You know, it's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's, yeah. it's crazy like that. And so when you have multiple people that look like you in a space, you're going to feel more encouraged and empowered to speak up. Yeah. But that's not the case with a lot of these companies. And you can tell which ones have multiple people of color, black people in, in, in higher leadership because you can, you can just tell. Yeah. You can just tell. Yeah. And I would go on record saying this, like, I'm really disappointed with ESPN's statement. Mm. It was very blanketed and didn't address much of anything. Right. Um, so that kind of that hurts too because I'm just like, I know people that have gone in and out of that office those offices that company and it's just y'all have too many y'all are supposed to be the worldwide leader of sports but you know you can't even acknowledge the fact that police brutality happens you can't even acknowledge the fact that black lives matter you know yeah they matter um and so for you to just say we stand for all and the the equity of everybody it just doesn't make sense and another thing sorry (laughs) Keep going. <laughs> Keep rolling. I just want to say I'm so glad I got out of Madison Square Garden in time. Oh. We, all, we always knew how James oh, Dolan was. Oh, trash. What a oh, my trash. When I read that, and then I, I think of my old teammates who are still there. Yeah. And I'm like, goodness. You have to, I mean, we already knew that they didn't care about us. <laughs> we knew that. But just that statement alone, I was just like, oh, wow. You're not yeah, qualified to have a stance. I'm confused. You literally have billions. You're, you're I mean, <laughs> your voice is very powerful and you're yeah. just not using it in the right way. And I just think that people, and I don't even think that's a place of fear because it's no. that much wealth. You don't, you don't, you don't move with fear. You, you, you just don't want to, you don't want to. Really yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's their stance right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really just, I mean, it's just disappointing because that organization, it, my husband's a New York, uh, Knicks fan mm-hmm. and he's from, uh, New Jersey and he like, what do you do with that kind of information? Like you've already, you've, you've already heartbroken with so many things around that organization. Mm-hmm. And then that comes out. And I, I, I feel for like, to your point, the players, the people mm-hmm. that have to work in that organization, um, and then also the fans, especially like a place like New York. I mean, yeah. <laughs> everywhere mm-hmm. has a lot of, uh, you know, melting pot, but that is known as the melting pot. So mm-hmm. I don't, I feel like they, the NBA maybe, I don't know, maybe they need to look into, I don't know, but I just I know. Mean, like, it's, it's, I, the NBA should have been looking for him. Yeah. Like, right. He's exactly. been a problem. Yeah. Long time. I remember the Charles Oakley thing happened when I was still mm-hmm. hearing it. Like there's a lot that's wrong. There's a lot that's wrong that needs yeah. to be investigated. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, why do we have to wait till a tape comes out? You know, why do we have to wait for a video? Why? It's like, it, it, it's known. You don't have mm-hmm. to wait for that. Just do something. So. Exactly. Well, shifting gears a little bit, still relevant. 
we would love to hear your career journey, you know, how you came up and just, I think that will bring light to other people that may be listening that say, Hey, you know what, how do I get into uh, sports or how do I get into like what you you're doing talent and social? Um, you also host, you're a model. How does that all, how does Ari career journey? How does that happen? Tell us. It's funny because my dad, he's a math comm professor. So I think that it's, and my mom's an English major. Like mm. it, it, she was, she has an English degree. My dad communication. Well, he doesn't, he was pre-med. Anyway, but he, <laughs> he teaches math comm at North Carolina Central University. So I grew up around communications and then all my best friends played basketball growing up. When I was in high school, I was a cheerleader and a volleyball player, but I was a girls basketball manager. Even in elementary school, we would take field trips to NC State women's basketball games. So all this like basketball is in my blood and writing and communication was in my blood. And I was just born tall and lanky. So modeling, that was in my blood. Some things you're just like born to do, right? Um, So when I got to college, I was on a teaching fellow scholarship. So I went to UNC Charlotte my first year and a half. And I was like, I cannot teach. But then... My Facebook status when I was 18, I was like, I want a photographer for Christmas. And my friend was like, talk to my boyfriend, Kevin. He's a booker. That's how I got my first contract modeling. And then they placed me in New York. And so being distracted, going from teaching, um, like the teaching career in college to flying to New York and modeling, I was like, I just need a model. So I dropped out (laughs) of UNC Charlotte and went to New York, modeled a little bit, like about a year. My mom was like, you better drop back in school. So my my dream was to cheer at NC State. I cheered at NC State. I finished there and somewhere along the way, got an English degree from Oxford too. And then that's impressive. I, uh, don't just kidding. Yeah, no that way. Don't whoa, whoa, whoa. That's <laughs> very impressive. I know. Whoa. Shout out, shout out Somerville College at Oxford. So, um, <laughs> that's a big deal. That's big. Yeah. <laughs> Our, my history professor was obsessed with Margaret Thatcher. Hilarious. Anyway, uh, <laughs> they teach, they teach really, really well over there. It's like everything sticks with you. I think that, that that's an experience people need to have, like an education from overseas. Um, okay. Whether that's like a dual degree program, whether that's study abroad, whether that's mm-hmm. you just going for your master's, I heavily suggest learning in a different way. Anyway, back to my past. <laughs> I, um, so I, I finished school and I moved up to New York full time and I was modeling. And then one of my friends, Claudia, was like, come to Liberty Connecticut Sun game with me. And then I saw that the Liberty had a, a cheerleading squad, Torch Patrol. They had the cute seafoam dresses. And I was like, I can cheer. So I emailed the coach and I was like, hey, I really want to be on Torch Patrol. She's like, I think you should try Knicks. And I was like, that's, that's not what I asked you. I didn't, I didn't ask you. Like, I've never been interested in men's basketball. Men's basketball has never been my thing. So I did a full season with the Knicks before I got to do Torch Patrol. But once you're in the MSG bubble for entertainment, it's EP. Um, okay, you do okay. Knicks, you you do Knicks Rangers and Liberty and so I just I learned all all sports there like mm. I learned hockey like my the intern got hit with a puck a couple times I was like, <laughs> this is not for me um, but that's basically how my that's how my professional entertainment career mm. you know came about my my job still modeling so mm. that happened but through MSG I met a lot of people and you know networked mm. and then. A lot of my friends, the ones I grew up with, played in the WNBA, and I noticed that there was no media covering them. I was like, why not? This is about like 2015. So I was like, why not? And um, 
So I would go to their away team hotel room, which was like at the Renaissance, right across the street from MSG. And I would put my phone up and just record interviews with them and then post them. Cool. And then fast forward, uh, Howard Mego, not fast forward that long. It was like two weeks. Howard Mego was like, <laughs> do you want to do, do you want a job? And back then we were called Summit Hoop. And so I started writing to get my credibility up and then met a lot of people through there. Back then there was, it wasn't a popular thing to cover. So it was only like five of us max. Wow. The WNBA. Wow. Um, wow. So we got access to everything. Like mm-hmm. I remember Seattle, all I saw was it was me, Erica, Howard, Doug, and Michelle. And we were just chilling. Like, <laughs> like chilling. I mean, you have access, but there's there's if there's no traffic, there's gonna be access. And so yeah. just building on that and staying like steady in my mission. Um I, I kept with it because that's what I'm genuinely passionate about. Like the WNBA isn't a stepping stone for me. That's like literally where I want to be. I never Love had that. any interest in going mm-hmm. to the, the NBA. Like that's, yeah. I had to see 44 games a season in the home court. Yeah. And I still wasn't interested in it. That's how I know that's not my Good point. Good point. Um, <laughs> so I would just, I would say it with that. And then from my Twitter, Bleacher Report found me. And then mm-hmm. Doug Bernstein was like, do you want to start up our women's platform? And I was like, I don't know about a job. Like, I don't know. <laughs> um, but I ended up at Bleacher Report. They let me start up the women's platform. They had already named it. And I was mm-hmm. like, we got we to get this out. And Jayla doesn't make sense. Um, so I worked really hard to change it to highlighter. And it, the rest was a wrap. I love I love, love highlighter. It. I actually yeah. love that because it's highlight her. her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so clever. I love it. <laughs> and then it like goes in. But technically, I'm a subsidiary of House of Highlights, and so okay. brand affiliated. Sure. Um, okay. Bleach Report owns us all. Well, actually, right. Warner Media owns us all. But <laughs> right. Um. So it's just brand affiliated. It, you know, stylistically, it will go well, and then it's just highlighting women. So like, yeah. why not? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that sounds like such a dream job to like where you're highlighting women's sports in a bigger, you know, organization as well. You know, it, it is, it's just, it, people see it and they don't realize how much work goes into that because Ugh. I was coming out of, I was paying maybe 5,000 a year when I didn't have 5,000 to pay uh, covering women's sports. And I think yeah. God rewarded me from that. Yeah. Like I worked really, really hard and I found my lane of things and I was doing it in a unique way. That's another thing. Like people have to realize you have to do it in such a way that it can't be duplicated mm-hmm. so that a bigger company is going to be like, we need to have her instead of right. oh, we'll take her. So, right. yeah. No, I think, I think the branding and everything, how it was, how you reshaped it is so interesting, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and then we, there are, I, I started following you. I think we all kind of started following you on Twitter. That's really mm-hmm. where, you know, you, your voice, because you are, I mean, the things you say it's so resonate so much, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and it does. And it's very like, I mean, I take, I mean, no joke. Like we're, we all work in social. So we understand that fine line of like, you know, I was just talking to a client the other day and trying to workshop, like, how do you say things in today's climate, you know, without, you know, just being aware. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we understand like that there's, what you say on your personal channel and then how you represent, but you seem so seamless. Like, how do you keep that seamless voice? Uh, is it something where you pushed on leadership to say like, Hey, this was needs to happen. Or you're just like, you know what, do what I'm going to do what I need to do. 
period. So I've always been <laughs> just myself, always. I've never been filtered. And I know my, my mouth has gotten me in a lot of trouble over the years. <laughs> but like, I mean, even in elementary Good trouble. school, my, my, yeah, my teachers would be like, she got a mouth on her. But, you know, as long as you are morally sound in everything, and as long as you have the, the intellectual and educational backing to what you're saying, I don't see how anybody can check you on that. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as like my social being... Um, tactful for a company because I was a teaching fellow we learned back in what like oh something um that hey you need to make sure your social isn't like anything that people can put against you like I'm not going to be over here you know partying hard on like that's not something I need to show that's not for everybody so I learned that when I was 18 um, mm. But as far as like my voice, I've never been one to be silenced. I've never, I've always been audacious. That's always been my thing. Like I've mm. always stood for what I believe believed in and like double down on it. Right. So nobody can hold anything against me ever because I said what I said. <laughs> I did what I did. It's <laughs> like I don't get embarrassed. I don't get like I I did what I did. It is. What right. it is. Um. And I always have a reason for talk. Like I I talk with with purpose, or at least I mm. I like to think so. So there's, there's no empty tweets where I'm just like, right. oh, you know, the sky is red today. Like what? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? right. Um, so basically I don't, I don't worry about filtering. I was never one of those girls who like reread her text messages just to mm-hmm. make sure it was worded properly. I just say what I say and I'm just right. with it. Right. Yeah. Cause I do. I mean, it was shock. I mean, I felt it, the heaviness of you not being on the platform when the when Blackout Tuesday happened, and you mm-hmm. had you know pri- the day before you said I you know if I you know if I can't if they can't breathe I don't something of that nature like I'm not going to mm-hmm. talk if they can't breathe, um, and to me that just revealed also like this to your point earlier when you're talking about your mental health mm-hmm. and the fact you're always on social because you have to scroll and that's mm-hmm. your job. Mm-hmm. Just sometimes you really need to take that step back. Yeah. A lot of people don't realize that it, me and Chloe, who runs Overtime Women's Basketball, we're Black women, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of platforms, I'm not going to say, have a luxury of being able to maintain um, during this time because they're not run by Black people. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, I couldn't deal with it. I couldn't mm-hmm. deal, like, I, like I, I, I've been trying to be the voice. Like I have my agent over here saying the HuffPost wants to cover your voice. And I'm like, here, take these words and go. Um, <laughs> but I, I just, I needed time to myself because yeah. if you're always on social, you keep reliving that moment. You keep reliving the images. And it's just like different people have different levels of advocacy. Different people can handle different things. Like the, the threshold is, you know, yeah. night and day. Um, but like I said, me and Chloe have a unique position. We're Black women running these brands. We don't have that in, in other um, sports platforms. So we're really feeling it. Like I know she's yeah. marching while posting. I'm over here trying to stay afloat. Like yesterday, I, Camilla, um, she's the cutest little nine-year-old, interviewed me. Yeah, I, I saw that. Keep it I was trying to keep it together because she was like, well, what can I like? How can I be okay? And I just didn't know what to tell her. I was like, no, never do better for your generation. But I yeah. know I'll feel that differently than somebody else who's who's not black that has to explain it. Because she's like, what do I do like with my daddy? I'm like, this is miserable. Like I'm right. miserable. <laughs> so <laughs> I had to make sure that um, like, I had to make sure that my mental health was in, in 
straight because if not, then who's going to run the platform if I go off the deep end? You know? Right. Like, right. what it is. Yeah. Right. No, well, I, I appreciate you still, you know, trying to run that platform because, you know, we just from the like the social logistics level understand like that scheduling and and uh just everything to your point like having to see a lot of that stuff over and over and over again uh especially for yourself um so yeah so we really appreciate seeing and when you came back I I mean I just felt the joy when you got when you came back and I know you know because I was like okay Let's re. She can. She's breathing a little bit right now. You know, <laughs> I was able to get out there. You had to. You had to post it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we can definitely. Your voice. I will say that your voice is felt when it's there and when it's not. So we want to make sure. Yep. I'm trying to stay strong for everybody. I'm trying. I know. I know. We we uh, totally appreciate um, you taking the time to come and talk to us today and share your journey and how you've been feeling during these last few weeks. Um, Before we before we say goodbye, one last thing: we always like to have our guests give a tip or, you know, some advice for anybody coming up that maybe can help them as they're trying to navigate this, uh, this world, this career, this whole, you know, whole show that we're in. Um, and I'm, we're hoping maybe you can, you have something to share. Of course. I think that you should just do things your way and the right people will align with you. So I see a lot of younger people, even older people trying to, uh, maneuver in the sport, especially sports um, journalism world, in a filtered way where they think that, hey, this will align with this company, so this company will see me. No, do things your way. In that way, when you do get hired, when you do, because we're going to speak mm-hmm. that, um, you won't have to change a thing about what you do. You will be able to maintain it. If your voice is strong enough um, on its own, then you'll be able to maintain it in a, in a workplace. Mm-hmm. Also, you have everything that you need to be a bomb um, reporter on your own too. You have your phone, you have social media, you have, you know, their free apps to edit. Um, learn how to do it all. Uh, be a one woman show too. Know how to shoot, edit, produce, write. Writing is really essential. Um, know how to speak. You have to just be really well-rounded because everybody is now. Everybody yeah. knows how to <laughs> capture <laughs> capture moments, post them, and write a caption. Yeah. You got to just be better. got to be better than everybody. So do it your way. Know that you have all the tools and just be better. <laughs> That's <laughs> it. Just, uh, genuine relationships also help. A lot of times I know I can get an interview because I have a relationship with a player that, you know, another reporter won't. So just develop those genuine relationships and they can tell you know, the real from the non-real. Yeah. So just make sure you're not just fishing for information. Really, you know, do do your job on them. Like, just just know that they can, they, they're human too. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, humans relate to other humans and they're able to connect with other humans when there are genuine intentions behind it. So just all that, all that in one. <laughs> There's my advice. <laughs> That's great advice. Uh, advice. Uh, That is great advice. Uh, Again, thank you so much for your time. Um, We are sending energy to you and we love everything that you're putting out there and anything you ever need from us, please let us know. There's three of us here. So one of us, we got what? Two two hands. (laughs) Hi, baby. 
Who's been sitting the whole time? This is Tiger. Oh, he's just been he's chilling sleeping. the whole time. <laughs> yeah, he's he's ten, so he doesn't do much. He just, oh. oh yeah, he's in the golden year. He can just <laughs> chill out. <laughs> yeah, chill. Amazing. Thank you, Ari, so much. Thank we you really, so much. Again, yes, we appreciate it, and we um, please come back anytime. Hit us up. We love. We'll just keep watching. Everybody, follow you. Where Where should everybody follow you, or what should we be following? Okay, so if you want to hear my personal opinions on everything, I'm Ari yeah. Ivory. Ari Ivory on every social me- uh, every social platform. I like uniformity and, you know, that whole thing. Um, but if you want my work, it's Highlight Her um, on Instagram. And we got Twitter, but we not, we're not going to deal with that. So, <laughs> so um, it's Ari Ivory and Highlight Her. Excellent, excellent. Thank you. Everybody follow Ari. She's amazing. Highlight Her loving it they're crushing it on instagram um and yeah make yourself happy go and do all of those things <laughs> thank you ari bye and we are back Woo. how amazing Ooh. was our woman crush wednesday so sorry me. i love it so her. good. My please heart's make, so heavy. I know. She's just like, I'm so glad we got to speak with her. And please go and check out Highlight Her. Like, seriously, mm-hmm. it's one of my favorite Instagram handles. Um, and yeah, go follow her because she's saying some things that I think are really um, powerful. And I did miss important, her when she was not on. Yeah, yeah very important. Um, shifting gears as we do into the, the opposite in- side of the spectrum. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Sports in the age of coronavirus and people that need to not maybe be on social. Um, <laughs> one of the things we want to talk about here, and we've talked about before we started recording, was uh, Drew Brees. And I know by the time this episode airs, we're going to be like deep into probably another six or seven apologies that he's going to be making. But <laughs> as of today, I believe he has like four going. Um so just backtrack on the story. Drew Brees was was uh, interviewed or made an appearance on Yahoo Finance, and I thought they were going to talk about Jimmy John's, but instead they decided to talk about systemic racism. So there. And to be fair, Kendall, you actually had the exact question. What was it that was asked? Uh, well, I don't know it verbatim, but it no. it was a pretty open ended question that he could have taken in any direction mm-hmm. and he chose the direction that, that he, he did. did which yeah. was when asked about like the, the conversation was about around you know the uh, current peaceful protests and how the NFL's you know kind of dealing with that and specifically the the second reporter was talking about you know in light of what's happening and moving forward as the NFL goes with Colin and Colin Kaepernick uh, kneeling. Is that something that you see moving forward? And Drew Brees, he went hot. He came in hot and was like, I will never agree with anybody disrespecting the flag. Right off the bat. Right off the bat. Like he like leaned in his face up all up in that zoom, you know, screen and went on to talk about like how, you know, his, grandfather and you know other people in his family had served and that you know the disrespect and kind of left it at that because I went to see if there was more on this interview and when I went to the link I didn't find anything I kind of think just ended that way so unless I 
couldn't find the rest of the interview. It pretty much left it with like his statement. Um, as soon as the state statement came out, the I would I don't want to call it backlash because I don't think it's backlash. I think it's like reality. Like, yep. dude, so tone deaf actually. And on top of it, um, who the fuck? What? Who are you that you are working? At your colleagues, your teammates, and not thinking, you know, that you are saying something that could be hurtful. Right. You know, you, you just went hot and heavy into this, like disrespecting the flag, which one shows that you're not understanding what Cal- Colin Kaepernick was kneeling to begin with, had mm-hmm. nothing to do with the flag disrespecting or disrespecting the, the uh, military. Right. It was about making a stance against uh, police brutality, you know. Right. Um, and he did this about four years ago. So within the four years that Colin kneeled to he's when you made nothing. that, st- you've learned nothing. Yeah. yeah. And but it just shows that shitty excuse people make when they get accused or anything. Oh, but I have black friends. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which uh, I think it was Jamil Hill who said, you know, it just goes to show you the proximity of who you work with. If they're black, doesn't mean that you're going to be empathetic or try to understand. Or a stock photo with a white hand and a black hand. (laughs) Right. That was one of his apologies, but. I just don't understand how people can care more about this abstract symbol than people's lives or like the realities of what is actually happening in the world you know what I mean like yeah. like <clears throat> the flag can mean a majority of different things and oh, it can yeah. mean something different to every single person but why do you care more about a piece of cloth yes yeah, than you do about somebody's life exactly yeah. and on top of that they always fall back on this well I had a grandfather in the military first of all can we stop hiding behind our relatives military <laughs> oh yeah yeah, yeah. yes <laughs> please you yeah. didn't go to war you didn't know that like let's yeah. first of all let's do that and second there were plenty of black soldiers yes that have fought in every single war for front lines yeah. other soldiers of color yep. right. yeah fought for all of the same freedoms that your white grandparents did yeah and when they came back they weren't celebrated no exactly. not at all they were exactly. treated like shit Mm-hmm. And that's the reason why he's kneeling during the the national anthem, which, uh, by the way, he got advice on how to do it from a member of the military. Yes. A Marine. Him, yep. Yeah. Who told yeah. him, you know what, I don't like it. it. I would, I don't appreciate when you sit, but if you were to kneel, because right. I mean, when you, you, like we all, you, when you pray, you kneel, when you do, you know. When we are at the graves of our fallen soldiers, we kneel at their graves. He's like, so I would appreciate it if you did it that way. So, like, knock it off with all this, like, military shit. Like, it's just going completely over these people's heads because they just want to stay, like Ari said earlier, they want to stay in their ignorant bubble. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And their ignorant bubble, if they benefit from their privilege, why would they let it go? Yeah, right. you know, that was one of the things. Okay, so I wa- I ended up watching the TNT and the NBA TNT that they did. They they did an hour with the the TNT crew. And one of the things that was coming up was like, you know, that is the perfect example of white privilege. Mm-hmm. How oh, yeah. he a- expressed himself, you know, and not wanting to take in the full context of what was happening in the world around him. 
what's happening right. to the peop- the community, not only his teammates, right? But what about New Orleans? He right. plays in New Orleans. Hello. A yes. heavily black city. That like literally right. New Orleans can be considered an epicenter of culture of, from America. Oh yeah. 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 You know, easily music and food right. and languages and, yes. you know, and you're, I mean, I just don't understand. Like it, I don't understand at all how you could be sitting in the, that epicenter NFL, New Orleans, and say what you said in in such like a fu- like he came at it like there right. was no like moment of pause or consideration to what he said he went like in the face listen here no disrespecting the flag that's you know? why every apology that he's come out with means absolutely nothing to me nothing agree yeah. because because he did come at it come at it so just like defiantly like yeah. i like right off the bat I don't agree with anything that disrespects the flag. Like, like you said, no pause whatsoever. So any yeah. apology that is coming out now, I don't, I don't care how many teammates he's talked to and that's perfectly fine. He can talk to them all and say that he's learning. And you know what? We are all entitled to be learning and changing during this time. And yes. that. But for you to be Drew Brees and have the kind of position that you have and come yes. out so defiantly with, uh, you know, the disrespect towards the flag. And then within 12 hours, because I know. People, are, <laughs> exactly. people are hating fuck true breeze in the streets yeah. of New Orleans. Yeah, please. Jersey, all of a sudden, you're- Oh, I'm so crazy. sorry. Like, that, I, don't, I don't buy it. That's what's also so crazy too. It's like we said, four years pass and you still have that opinion. Four right. hours pass and you're saying you're sorry for having that opinion. Right. So- I feel like it's very, you know, it's not, it's all about image and backlash. And, you know, that's the thing too, that I realized, like he's putting the responsibility back on the black community again Mm -hmm. with that, you know, with his apologies, because he's also saying things like, you know, when, when you did hear some of his teammates talking, they were like, I acknowledge the feelings that you might have for the flag. Okay, I acknowledge that. I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm saying think about what you're talking, uh, what the real message is of why the kneeling happened. It wasn't about that. So he's, they're not even just like, they're actually trying to, to, um, they're actually trying to be, uh, you know, they're thinking about it. Like they're actually thinking about his feelings. Yeah, empathizing for his love of a piece of cloth. Right. Yeah, they shouldn't have to be doing that. No, they're no. already going they through enough right now, yeah. and the last thing they need to do is to educate this man yeah. who has played football with, you know, black teammates since he was probably twelve years old, and has been in locker rooms with them, and you know, the whole thing four years ago. Like, the f- yeah. just all of it is such garbage. And then for like part of his apologies also made him seem like he needs to come in and be the white savior. Oh, <laughs> oh. Like that first one. I need to be a leader for the black community. No, you don't. Yeah. With the the one with the stock image with the two hands clasping that he got at Shutterstock and took had them pay for the logo to be taken off. Like that. It's like I need to it's like you're still not getting it. So then he does the video, right? So you have the face right here. Face right here again. What's the TLDR on that? Yeah. So you have that. And then his third apology was to the president. Dear president, you know, and it's just like, I don't, I, I, it's so, it's not 
legitimate because I, I just don't think that within, you know, the four years that you had to understand this, that now it's taking you like the four days for you to, and you know, a lot of people are like on TNT, Charles Barkley and Shaq both said, Hey, you know what? He's human. You make mistakes. Twitter is not the end all be all judgment. We've all been there and this and that. And even they're kind of making these uh, apologies for him and saying like, Hey, and they're, and they know him. So you know what? Yes, I guess they, I, I will give them that, that they know them, that he's talked to them and you know, that, uh, they have a personal connection. Kenny, on the other hand, was like, I was totally offended. Yeah, I haven't good. actually seen his apology, but, yeah. you know, and I I think that, you know, I, I'm just tired of having these guys think that they come out and say whatever they want. And, you know, I will go even further because I have a bone to pick with the fact that Yahoo Finance had this interview with two other white guys. And yes, you know what? They may have not, I don't know what they had planned. I don't know if it was in their heart or in their head when they decided that they were going to um, interview Drew Brees. I don't know what Yahoo Finance even thought that they would, why they would be interviewing a sports person. So let's just throw it out there. And I think a lot of people are like, question mark, why is this coming out of Yahoo Finance? Two, um, that if the uh, if the conversation was going to turn into talking about Colin Kaepernick or the systemic injustice or the peaceful protesting or the murder of George Floyd, why was there not a black reporter or a black journalist also in that conversation yeah. so that it could be a conversation, yeah. so it could be educational, so there could be a dialogue, so maybe Drew Brees would have learned something. You know, and then he wouldn't have four or five apologies down the line where he's like trying to like backtrack what he really feels in his heart, what he really feels in his heart. And so you got to go like, I understand like a lot of athletes say things that seem like off the cuff and maybe not, you know, thoughtful. Right. But when do we start looking at the, the positions in the media with the lack of, uh, black people on there in the newsrooms. Like we were talking about Sports Illustrated not having a single black person in their newsroom and they cover sports. <laughs> right. Now the now it's coming out the ringer doesn't have anybody black on their uh report. And I I will bet you Yahoo Finance right now is patting themselves on the back for this like gotcha for their, headline. For their reach and their Yeah, for the clicks that they got as opposed to where's the follow-up to say like, hey, you know what, we're going to bring him back because, you know, now is the time where we maybe we can have that discussion because they're going to have to look at their own newsroom and see how many people of color, see how many black reporters they have instead of just putting out that fucking black square and telling me black lives matter which wasn't even what that black square was about can we also can we just quickly talk about the black square because we were talking about it but can we just real quick just want to add to that liz like i i agree with you more reporters of color black reporters for sure but i also don't feel like a black reporter needs to educate drew Brees. he's been around black people for how long in his life supposed friends and colleagues that's where you need to start listening in general like yeah you know you can't just tokenize them and say oh i'm good because i i play with them and whatever and on the surface level we know each other but Mm -hmm. if you don't know the struggles of your friends yeah then you're not a friend. That's yeah. 
that's why Malcolm Jenkins' video and re- his response was so emotional. Yeah, I, I know he had the the first one that went viral with oh, him yeah. telling him to he shut took it down. He 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 took it down. Yeah, which he took off. But the next one was just as good. And there there was a quote in that that said, you know, like you may we as soon as I walk off this field and I take my helmet off, I'm a black man walking around America. Exactly. And I've told you my my um. Uh, experiences and I've told you the experiences of my community and your response is to tell me that kneeling and doing this protest this isn't the right place and this isn't the right time like what then where am I supposed to do it because we tried to do it peacefully right and Mm -hmm. that went right over people's heads we're still doing it peacefully and some people are coming in and instigating shit to make it into what it is but like and then that's not the right way so like what is the right way white savior drew Brees for us yeah and and to backpack on that kindle so like let's say uh cancer awareness or cancer right so football isn't the right place to talk about it because it's unassociated but the people on your team or their family members are dealing with cancer and then also like you can't see cancer you can't see racism happening so it's not happening like there's all these dumbass false arguments that are just so irritating yeah and like I don't give it it's just like my whole thing with Jessica Alba baby you live in LA you are Mexican descent you have resources and yet you don't know Spanish nah fuck you (laughs) and fuck everyone else I've said this since day one Drew Brees is a fucking phony baloney I don't I, I haven't liked him he grew up in the Austin area he went to a very very white school very rich school mm. that led to this obviously kind of mindset and you're from Austin so let I'm everybody from know mm-hmm. I'm from Austin so the game. He, went, he went to mm-hmm. Westlake High School which is a very rich very white high school um and he's he has four kids three are sons one is a daughter and if you went to any if you listen to anything you would never know he even has a daughter damn uh, he takes asshole. his sons everywhere you would never know he even has a daughter this, that's something liz loza from yahoo fantasy and i have uh talked about many times like where's your where's your fucking daughter drew <laughs> um and on top of that Last year, he did, he endorsed this Bring Your Bible to School Day, which, one, let's, we shouldn't uh, bring that. Uh, two, mm. once people started digging in deeper to this organization that he was endorsing, they very quickly, with a quick little Google search, found out that it was extremely homophobic and was anti-everything uh, uh, gay rights. And he had the balls to be like, really? I didn't know. You're Drew fucking Breeze. You have an agent, a manager, a PR company. You have the works. And you literally have Google search. You literally have Google too. And nobody vetted out this. I'm sorry. That's why his apologies are, are, are shit to me. Because this is exactly who he is in his heart. Yeah. And, and like, you know, Shaq is over here saying, oh, it was a mistake. People mistake. That wasn't a mistake. A mistake is like, oh man, I got these facts wrong or whatever. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> right. Like, what I told you was wrong. Right. This is his opinion, and that's exactly how he feels. It's not a mistake. It's just a really shitty fucking opinion and very tone deaf. And he needs to fucking read the room right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, but again, like we were saying, like you know, maybe this is this is what we need. Like, we don't need uh, you know to go two more years, four more years, 40 more, 400 more years down the road with a Drew Brees thinking that, you know, he, 
uh, has empathy or that right. he cares about his teammates. Uh, you know, sometimes there's a little, uh, there's actually more respect if you just be like, I'm a dick. I don't care about my black community. I don't care about my teammates, about my paper. And right. this is a job. And then I go home and Pull I live Dolan? my white life. He's yeah. Just, he's James, just, like James Dolan. He's just fake. He's, he, every answer is a canned vanilla ass answer. There's nothing like real about it. It's just fake bullshit. And he's just trying to cover his ass because it's probably going to be his final year in yeah. the NFL before he retires. And I mean, I well, hope fucking players come after. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Hey, well, on top of it too, I mean, again, the, like Karen, I know you were like, kind of saying no the onus is on drew Brees. we shouldn't educate him and and i agree with you that's that's powerful and that that is that is really insightful and i do agree with that as well but at the same time he was he said these words in a place that he thought was a safe white space for him to say because yeah you're right because when he looked around the room yeah it was him and two of the white yeah, white journalist. Yeah. And you know, and he was like, Oh, I'm gonna be so awesome right now about not kneeling and the flag and my fam and look at me. I'm gonna be like so and it's just like, yeah, because he felt safe in what he was gonna say and no and no one pushed back on it on him and no one was there to have a real True. discussion. True. All they wanted was the headline and the clicks. And so I think we need to go deeper into those systems that are allowing these spaces yeah. for these people to say what they say. I'm not saying don't have them say that. Okay. Yeah. I'm not saying don't have these conversations. What I'm saying is like make it educational because that's what journalism is. Right. True. Right. It's about making it educational, learning. What did you take away from that that you just heard? Right. Beyond a headline, a click, and yeah. the outrage that you're going to have on Twitter. Right. Yeah. And that's why a lot of the BLM coverage we see is looters and violence. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. And and then, absolutely. you know, it just gives fuel to the antis to be like, well, you shouldn't be looting and violence is wrong on anyone. Hello, this is why it started, baby, because of yeah. police violence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. well, and it ha- you have to get, go to Twitter to find the, the good stuff. Right. You know? Like the, 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 the yeah. peaceful protests, the people dancing in the streets, people playing yeah. drums, and, but our, you know, and then you also have to go to find the shitty stuff of police actually, yes. Out of police brutality. Yeah, like pulling people <laughs> behind walls and then ganging up on someone. Right. No, not even. 70, 75-year-old men getting yeah. suspended and then all their homies are like, oh, all our Just suspended right officers were yeah. mistreated, so we're leaving. What? Right. Oh, and then putting out a statement that he tripped and fell. That he tripped. Oh, we saw the video. Come on. The uh, gaslighters in this country yeah. are insane. Well, I'm sure. Right there. Yeah, and I'm sure, like I said, Going back to that black square, which was not okay. Mm-hmm. I put a black square up. So did I, and then I took it down. I left I mine up. Like, I mean, I deleted it, and then I put it back up with the correct. So yes. basically, with the because we're in social, and you know, we we see these things happen, and we're trying to like navigate like how to do it right for our client, or how to do it right for our companies, or whoever we're consulting with or working at. So you know, we, there's a lot of stuff that we're doing. But you know what? At least we are in a position where we're put in those rooms to have those discussions about why you do things. And you know, when you saw them in certain spaces and certain companies, that they didn't have a single person of color, right? Uh, definitely not anyone black that was actually going to help them navigate what that meant. So essentially what that black square mm-hmm. was supposed to be was for people that were non-black to mute themselves 
and change their feed, their algorithm to allow black voices, Malatin voices come mm-hmm. into the conversation and change your timeline to see what would it look like if it was all just black voices on your timeline. How does that shape how you feel, how you purchase, how you, you know, just don't just love the culture, but love the people in the yes. culture. Mm-hmm. And don't, and, and also the way it was co-opted was if people were starting to put black light, hashtag black lives matters on it. Therefore it was clogging the information needed for the black oh, lives well, matters yeah, what was cause happening with these black squares. So, uh, Right away, you know, a lot of information went out about take the square down or don't do the hashtag. And, and you know, this is really, really means. And so um, what I, th- I feel like it was fixed. You know, we were, it was able to proactively be fixed because people got on top yep. of it right away because they've seen these things happen in the past. Um, and, you know, so, okay, so you have that initial like wave of everybody doing this. Then you have like this kind of like, oh, shit, we're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then you fix it or you take it down or whatever. But then it's like, all of us, like, then you just keep seeing it happen in certain spaces where you're like, okay, you, A, you didn't know what to do to begin with. B, you didn't care to listen when people were saying don't do it or do it this way. And 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 C, you just thought that you could just put up this black square and then, whew, I did my job, blah, blah, blah. Right. Part of also of what that meant was that for for if you could, you know, on your own platform, share uh images share resourcing share on stories Mm -hmm. you know have that have amplify you know use the hashtag amplify melaton voices which i'm sure i'm saying it wrong but um you know that was also what that was about was like how do we share our own personal platforms instead of doing like our normal lifestyle necessarily you know uh or even just like promoting us like how do we help promote that community um, and share resourcing. So that was another thing you could do. You could go silent. That's totally fine too. You know, whatever anybody felt was correct for them. The whole thing was that, can you take a minute <laughs> to right. just stop what you're doing, to stop everything that you're doing, to allow for this movement to take its place where it needs to be right now. And for the black community, continue like go harder even yes. with what you're talking about mm-hmm. go harder with your information go harder for your resources right right so i think that's really important because us as social people we look at these things and us as being empathetic and us being women and and us you know two of us being women of uh people of color mm-hmm. you know we want to jump in and like do all of these things and even like I, we all get caught up on like oh shit we just want to like how to what can we do the fastest possible so i think the intention is good. Yep. And you know, however you feel you should feel and do what you can. Okay. So with that said, when you think about it, backtracking to Drew Brees again, he puts out that black square. Mm-hmm. Then immediately goes on Yahoo Finance and decides yep. in this safe white space that he's in to go hard, heavy, and intentional about yeah. yeah. And you're just like, okay. Then you come out with like a stock image of a black and a white hand holding each other like the fucking, you know, Rocky sequence at the end. Um, And then you come out with a video and now you're addressing the president and it's just like completely false, falls. Then you have all these corporations that are coming out with these statements in that template that we talked about. Okay. (laughs) And then that's where, then you come into Roger Goodell. And the NFL 
and his video about you know, the NFL condemns racism and the systemic oppression of black people. We, the NFL, admit we were wrong for not listening to NFL players earlier and encourage all to speak out peacefully uh, and peacefully protest. We, the NFL, believe Black Lives Matter. Hasht- you- hashtag inspire change. The, the, the reason he, yeah, the reason he said that, this is what I, I read this on Twitter. Okay. So the day before, there was a, a video that went out from the NFL account that was all the uh, players. Yes. Right. So apparently, what happened is the social, the NFL social media team went and did that without the league's permission. Oh. And put it out, and because they were all like, "This is bullshit that you guys haven't said anything." Yeah. You know, our league, it. our league is majority of of black. Players I think it's like seventy four percent. Yeah, who have like all yeah. been speaking out on their own platforms. Like, why have we not said anything? So they went out and like kind of did that behind his back. So good for them. Yes. So <laughs> this is what I read on Twitter. So I'm everything on Twitter is right. You know. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we we know everything for the internet. Yes. <laughs> um, the media is always wrong. Fake news, but Twitter is always wrong. <laughs> <Yes>. um, <laughs> um, so apparently that happened, and then the next day you get this thing from Roger Goodell. So again, it's one of those, would he have done this had that video not gone out? No. No. And not only that, no mention of Colin Kaepernick, no apology to Colin Kaepernick, nothing. Nothing. Yeah, Yeah, because they were even asking, so when is he going to start again? And they are like, oh, well, he hasn't played, and we haven't seen him, so we don't know. And it's like, whatever. We haven't seen him. Didn't we cover the whole fucking... Well, one of... One of the things, too, that they, um, on this NBA on TNT, they talk about, and this was before the Roger Goodell um, apology came out or whatever you want to call it, but that's actually really interesting information about why it even came out. Um, But one of the things was like Charles Barkley um, was saying like, hey, we didn't give, uh, we had other players that were black that didn't kneel with Kaepernick and we didn't give them just as hard of a time. And it's just like, well, I don't really think they need, I think them by the sheer fact that they're black can understand Mm -hmm. what it is that he's trying to do, but they, they have their own feelings about, it's like, if you can make the same allowances to say, well, Drew Brees, you can feel the way that you feel about a flag. Then I think you can do that with the same with black players that that have their own feelings for the flag, but that does not dismiss the fact that they're black and that they understand police brutality and the injustices that happens for being a black man. So, you know, I love Charles Barkley and I, and I, I, Shaq and all those guys, but um, I just feel like a goodwill tour right now for Drew Brees by those people in positions of power that are black men is not needed nor necessary. But also they're used to being the bigger person because they have to, because everyone wants to weaponize their blackness or, you know, say, oh, you're so angry and then completely miss on any kind of message coming from the community. So it's something they're ingrained and used to doing is defending people and being the bigger person. And it's like, yeah, well, you're right because even in the uh, you know even in those uh, videos from the players, they were like, first off, we want to let Drew know that he can have the feelings about the flag. And it's like they're still trying, and yep. he and he made them have to do those things. Exactly. 
which he misses the whole point. I don't believe yeah. Drew Brees at all. I don't, ex- I don't care. You know, no, I don't even care genuine. about his apology. No, yeah, I don't care about his apology. Like he just be quiet already. Yeah. We already know. We, the, the world yeah. knows it. Yep. Yeah. I like that bunny baloney. I, well, yeah, he is funny baloney. And on top of it, you know what? Do whatever you're going to do, but don't think that people are going to not respond. <laughs> Right. Like, what you think you're gonna say what you're gonna say, and everyone's gonna be, and then you just turn off the, you know, yeah. turn off the uh, Zoom meeting, and you're like, oh, now I'm gonna yeah. go and have a lemonade on the porch. Yeah. yeah. So like, yeah, no. he hits yeah. send on all of his apologies. Yeah. And goes and talks. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Like bullshit too. Yeah. He like he buddy. like got he uploaded everything on Buffer and was just like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> he's got the, to go he's out. Got the camera right here in a super <laughs> like right wing type way. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. It's just like whatever, dude. My dude, yeah. like you know what, say what you're going to say, own what you're going to own and live with the fact that you have what you have. And now, unfortunately, you're going to have to do all of these things that you probably don't want to have to do, like be empathetic and like go to special trainings and have conversations. And it's just like, well, you made, you got yourself a lot of work now. Empathy, Empathy. (laughs) what a a wild concept. Oh yeah, I know. One easy fucking thing that you could be is just an empathetic person and yet- People can't see it's so hard for them or pull a Kanye open your wallet and give two yeah. million to like ACLU ACLU or the W like the NAACP I, and then, and then just crawl, be quiet and then crawl back into your yes. corner <laughs> in your dungeon hole with yeah Kim Kardashian your bunker that, that's the thing too like <laughs> no it's true your yurt your yurt in Montana um that's the other thing too it's just like uh, Whatever you're going to do, we already fortunately know what is the truth because you just thought, you thought, you thought. You said it. And again, you were allowed to because you were put in a space where there was nobody there that was going to challenge you, discuss with you, converse with you, and educate. So there's a lot of things to unpack there, and I'm glad we're having these conversations about it. Um, So... Moving on, because I think we have another big, big Ugh, one. I don't even want to read it. Talk NBA about it. is back, baby. It Ew. is back. Why am I not excited about this? Besides the fact, of course, well, here's the thing. Yes, the Warriors aren't in, but I'm also excited about that because they're not going to bring Corona back to the Bay Area. That's it, Baby, even if there wasn't Corona, they weren't going to be in. So <laughs> <laughs> That's a blessing in disguise, though. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> I saw my clay baby out there oh, marching yeah. with my curry him. boo. Yes. Yeah, clay and curry. <laughs> I love clay because, you know, you guys know. <laughs> you, guys know. know. you know. Carpe DM. That's right. Seize the day. He's <laughs> sliding them DMs. Carpe DM. He's got to go with the flow. <laughs> oh, I love him. Um, so... Yes, NBA is back. This is what uh, Woj is saying. He's like, they're inviting 22 teams to Orlando, 13, 13 West Conference teams, nine Eastern Conference teams. <laughs> oh, wow. Equality now, huh? Right. Um, <laughs> eight regular season game, uh, games per team, um, play in for the eighth seed, and then July 31st to October 12th, um, and then they're going to vote. I guess they were going to vote. So this is what's happening with the owners. They still haven't voted, I guess, on the player side. Like, I'm not sure if any statements been put, been made uh, by their union, the players union. Um, the teams coming back, of course, I mean, in the, 
LA, all of LA is coming back. Uh, the Nuggets, the Jazz, the Thunder, Rockets, Mavericks, Grizzlies, uh, Trailblazers are in there. Um, the Pelicans. They didn't want to be in it. They didn't. <laughs> Damon Lillard's like, I ain't coming back. I don't blame him. Um, no. The Spurs and the Suns. And then on the East Coast, you got the Bucks, the Raptors, Celtics, Heat, Pacers, 76ers, Nets, Magic, and Wizards. And actually, the Nets just came out and said, or, whoa, sorry. Oh, <laughs> you want to get that. in on that conversation? Oh, yeah. Siri, Siri, we have another like, guest on right? podcast. <laughs> Siri is the part of it here. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, no, so basically, um, uh, what's his name? Katie came out and said he wasn't going to come back the season either so there um and then their target nba schedule is um the training camps will be july 9th through the 11th and then july 31st to october 12th is when they'll actually play then they'll have the uh, draft lottery on august 25th nba draft october 15th free agency october 18th and then back into training camp uh november 10th and then the next season will start december 1st so okay this this actually Whoa. looks like a timeline Stupid. at an at like a place where i used to work that was like oh fuck christmas is coming yeah yeah <laughs> let's start planning yeah it's, i know it's october but we should really start planning for christmas and you're just like bitch uh, like it's christmas it's happens been. all the time like yeah <laughs> it's been so i know a lot of people are excited and i love we all love the NBA. We all love it. Yeah. But again, I don't think this needs to be done. No. no. Agreed. We're all agreed. Peanut reality right here, man. And I, and I honestly think that, I mean, I, I don't think that we're, I think that we may be in like, we're like some of the few people that are not, are saying like, just, just scrap it. Because it yeah. seemed like when the uh, announcement came out, a lot of people were excited, which is Fair. That's fine. Yeah. I, I mean, Whatever. I'm excited, but I think they should scrap it. I think anybody that wins is going to have an asterisk. So if you're okay with yeah. an asterisk, it just I'll- seems really like tone deaf too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With everything that's going on in the world, like, do we really need to have 22 basketball games with an asterisk championship? It just no. seems super stupid to me. And how many of those sports fans actually go out and play basketball with strangers right now? Nobody. So, yeah. or barely. And then it's like, again, like you said, this is like the owners. If already like Dame and Katie are like, I'm not going, how many of the good players are actually going to go? And what kind of, well, is this going to be some G League shit or what? They had that conference call, so all the big <laughs> were on it and they wanted to come back and play. It's just, it, there's so much going on in the world right now yeah. where literally all of these protests are happening in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. And you're wanting to like shift the focus from, what's happening to your 22 basketball games that are going to be held at fucking Disneyland or whatever. Like, and I know there's people out there who are like, well, the athletes can spread the message at the games. And it's like, well, why? Like, yeah, they can, but also they could just be at home being safe with their families. Other people can be home with their families and doing the same thing. Right. Yeah. I know that was one of the things that, I've talked to people about they're like well they're gonna have this national stage to maybe use their platform to do that and it's just like oh god can you can you imagine having to play and knowing that the whole time you're worried about not contracting or giving someone 
coronavirus. And then when you're done playing the game, they're like, hey, can you just come over to the side and talk to us about the peaceful protests right. and social injustice and police brutality? I mean, the not only is the physical toll going to be there for these players, but also the mental toll. Oh, and yeah, apparently, sure. they're also suggesting that maybe coaches don't need to actually be at the game. And you're like, yeah. how again is this older devolving? Whoa. And it's like, how again is this devolving into these players having to be our entertainment and putting their lives at risk for us so that we can end a season that is very much not necessary? But, yeah. But know? then also, like, how many freaking injuries are we going to have from this season to next season? Oh like, they've been, right? they've no been break. sitting at home. Like, I'm sure they've been working out in their home gyms or, or I'm sure sneaking out to go to gyms. We've sure. seen that, right? Yeah, yeah. But, like, you haven't been in full contact basketball mode yeah. for months now. And then all of a sudden, you just have to, like, jump back in it for a month or two. And then all two of a sudden, you're right, you're right yeah. back into your training camp for next season. Like, yeah. I just I, feel like I mean. I agree. And I think just looking at this timeline, like use all that time to decide what is going to be the uh, platform moving forward for, um, you know, pr- uh, against police brutality, right. yep. trying to yep. reform the system. Because let's be honest, the NBA has got a lot of systemic shit they need to start trying to think and fix and do, you know what I mean? It's just like, it's not like, it's like, oh, it's just the government. It's like all of these systems in place throughout, you know, and NBA sports being one of the bigger ones as we're seeing with the lack of coverage of, uh, by the black community for a sport that's heavily, um, you know, has black people play. Let's be honest. Um, So they could use this time to be building out those plans and unveiling them and then go, that's fine. Training camp in November, I think to me makes more sense. Do the draft, do like that all can be done remotely. We've seen the virtual drafts already. Mm -hmm. I don't think the lottery that's like, doesn't need to, you know, that can be all done remotely. I think, well, cause really what do they do? They just pull out a number. Like a bingo ball. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Fuck if the California lottery can do that on TV (laughs) during like weather and you know, the news (laughs) in between, (laughs) you know, at 1158, they're going to give you the Powerball numbers. I think you could do the draft uh, remotely as well in the same, same vein. Um, um, so yeah, I just think that there's a better use of time. And to your point, Kendall, about the injuries, like can't, I can't even imagine. And I, yeah, if I was, I mean, beyond like, well, fine. If if we just all just want to see an LA uh, season, you know, then just have Lakers and, and Clippers play. If that's what <laughs> we care about, I mean, at the end of the day, like if that's Ron wants that ring, man. Yeah. He got caught up in the last dance, and he's like, I gotta yeah. get to work. I gotta get to work. Yep. If you if you really wanted to be just you just want to see Kawhi and LeBron, just have a one on one. Done. Went, you know, first person to get to eleven or something you know, <laughs> wins it all. I don't know. Like it doesn't horse horse know, exactly horse. LeBron and Kawhi horse. I will watch that. I won't. I'm sorry. I don't give a shit if it's Michael Jordan and Braun. I'm not watching horse. But you know what I mean. I mean, if that's really like you know these these nine players that went in this conference call, what have you? Um, some of them that weren't even going to be in these playoffs. Really, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, then just have them play. Just have those nine people that were on the conference call play. Get one more person. You know, in five on five. There you go. Game. No subs. Yeah, just do it. <laughs> just go at it. You know, I, I I think there's better ways, and I think there's a better time. Um, and then also Florida. Oh, 
Like, totally gross. Another thing quickly is just talking about the WNBA. They also have submitted a proposal where they're proposing 22 game regular season starting July 24th. Um, and they will also be playing in Florida. I know a lot of people were talking about maybe they would go to Vegas, but they've said, I thought that they should go to Florida. I'm like, wherever the NBA is going to be, that's where the WNBA should be. Cause if you're already, you don't have to like, you can use each other's resources. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. my like idea behind that. Agreed. Um, and so that is what has been proposed. I think they're still, you know, having to do the voting and then going to the players. Um, so, so yeah, that's, that's pretty much like the major major stuff happening there any anything else you guys you guys want to hit or should we go because i know we have some um quick resources and such we want to talk about hit the resources hit the resources okay we're just going to go straight into it so um you can find all of this stuff on uh, i'll put it out on our episode notes but i figured we'd also just have some resources to share out as it pertains to um, a lot of the donations and a lot of the um, reading materials for um, the peaceful protests uh, for bail, like donating uh, uh, money for bail uh, to educate yourself. You know, like I said, like we were saying, you don't have to burden the black community with Google search. <laughs> yeah. Let's go and Google search. And I, I, you would think after, you know, 400 years, there's plenty of material that you can go and find. Okay. Um, and also, you know, there, there are other, um, there is entertainment that may not be like specifically talking about social injustice, but that also like, you know, are, uh, ways that you can take in, uh, the black culture, the black community, or, or learn, um, also that, that is not so, you know, have to be documentary driven. So just think about things like that, like watching a movie like Moonlight or if Bill street could talk, which are both beautiful movies, um, by Barry Jenkins that aren't necessarily like have that particular focus, but by the nature of them existing, has a social justice and black community. Yeah. Um, so I just want to say that I have two friends, Otis Roberts and Adriana Marin. Uh, they're in New York and they created Almost Studios and they took the time, bless their hearts, to create a website which would allow you to download posters, uh, resistance posters, awesome. posters, cool. posters that you can use. It's beautifully designed. They designed it. And in addition, they've added links for uh, the resources that we were talking about, you know, where you could donate, where you sign petitions, you know, um, things like that you can share out. And it's a living document, so they'll continue to update it. But it's very well done. They're fantastic designers. Go check them out, Otis Roberts and Adriana Marin. Um, I have it. I put it out on the Hoopstock Instagram. I also put it out on my personal Instagram. So um, check those out, and we'll also have those links. Um, as far as, like, you know, those films I was talking about, Moonlight, If Bill Street Could Talk, um, there's also a lot of awesome documentaries, like mm-hmm. a- Ava DuVernay's has 13th, 13th. Uh, which is, uh, like, so that good. came out a minute ago. Right, and right. It is so, like today so yeah i would highly recommend that is just like superb superb um and it was also really nice a lot of these streaming services have 
made compilations on like the, you know, like a category. Um, Criterion Collection has a lot of really interesting uh, movies made by black directors, uh, male and female directors. Uh, so you can check those out as well. And then as far as books, like for me, um, I love um, uh, like Olivia Butler. She writes um, science fiction and also Octavia um, Butler. Octavia, thank you. I love her. Oh, oh, apocalyptic. So oh, so good. Oh, so good. She has short kindred, stories too. Kindred. Yep. As a graphic novel, which is so good. Um, and then why am I blanking on um, his name? Um, sorry, James Baldwin. Yeah. I absolutely oh. love James Baldwin. Um, please, every book, every. I wa- like to hear him speak. I actually have a, a vinyl record of his uh, <laughs> that I found to play that. Um, but I would say go and uh, check that out. So that's kind of my, uh, oh, and just really quickly too, I have found life on Twitter with yep. all these, uh, I'm following a shit ton of black journalists, particularly women journalists. And I would say, um, go and talk to them or go and follow them. Um, there's like Christina Williams and let me see, I have like, Oh yeah. I love Christina. Yeah. She's great. Um, you know, uh, let's see, I, I, I can put the list down, but like follow, uh, uh Swin Cash or Roz Gold, Gold on Wu Day. Uh-huh. Um, you know, uh, Jasmine Baker, who does Jasmine the We Baker. Got Game Two, Ari, Ari um, you know Mariah, uh, Maria Taylor. There, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And what's really uh, great is that they've actually, you know, if you follow these women, they've been tagging each other. Mm-hmm. So then you have the opportunity to go and find more um, people that uh, that that um, to follow, which is really interesting. So we'll we'll put that in the notes. But that's my, I mean. I can yeah. go on and on. So I'm going to let you girls, I'm gonna let you girls chime in with a few yourselves. Well, yeah, the, I, I just put a couple in our agenda. Like the New Yorker has a great piece on um, Opal, um, Opal uh, Tometi. She's one of the found, co-founders of Black Lives Matters and explains why this time is different. And then for allies, you know, five things you could do to support the black community from Berkeley side. Um, you know, it's just simple stuff. But, you know, I have so many friends who, you know, are just like, what do I do? Like, this is, you know, I'm feeling it, but I don't want to out speak and say the wrong thing, but Mm -hmm. I want to do the right stuff. But I also, you see it too. There's so many people who want to parade their support all of a sudden, and they don't want to do that. So these are ways to really just, you know, walk the talk, right. And, and get that done. Um, In terms of films, like, yeah, I mean, other Ava ones are Selma and when they see us those mm-hmm. are other really poignant yeah. films I mean Get Out was so entertaining oh, yeah. but it says so much too about the you know just what's going on and an understanding of that from a very entertaining kind of twist mm-hmm. um you know Maya Moore in the WNBA she's been working on social justice for so long so very that's a, a voice we definitely suggest if you're not already Jamel Hill, also another black woman in sports and their opinions on how this affects more than just sports. Um, that's someone, uh, Matthew Cherry, he wrote a great book. Um, I follow him a lot and it's very entertaining, both educational, entertaining Kamal Bell. He's from the Bay area in Oakland. Mm -hmm. So that's another one. And then of course there's Twitter blackbirds. That's the, um, uh, like the sort of black ERG for Twitter, but they also have Twitter together. So 
in addition to Black Twitter in general, which isn't a handle, right? It's a community. Yeah, it's community. It's, right. it's definitely, yeah. to me, Twitter's been my source. And like we all said, Twitter's number one, always correct. But, you know, like <laughs> um, that's just kind of how I've ingrained myself to just learn and be a listener and be an ally for um, the Black community. Amazing, amazing. Kendall, do you have any links I, or I mean you guys pretty much stole every single one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um I'll I'll just reiterate that thirteenth is uh an amazing docu- documentary that I have just recently rewatched. Nice um, because of everything that's been going on. Um so if you haven't watched that one, definitely check it out. It's uh, you know, about the mass incarceration and how basically it's just a another form of slavery mm-hmm. um yeah I mean Jamel Hill has always been very very outspoken on Twitter and I always appreciate her voice yeah um Matthew Cherry who just won an Oscar for yes. um for his his story I think uh, it was like black hair or something uh, yeah. like that yeah I can't remember the exact mm. name and I don't want to botch it um right but yeah he just he wrote a book uh, a short story and animation and won an Oscar for that he's a great one um, I mean, just really anybody that like your even your friends. Like I've been learning mm-hmm. a lot just from my black friends who have been posting yeah. stuff um, through there. I haven't been reaching out to have like we've been talking out to have them sit down and educate me, but <laughs> anything that they post, I definitely re- definitely read. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just I mean, you guys basically took all of mine, so. You <laughs> <laughs> birds really? of the same feather you know okay. yeah. well I mean 100% google search okay that yeah. is gonna be the number the number one thing and yeah a lot like we were saying a lot of uh different streaming service audio services podcasts n- networks all the places where you get information normally have been curating lists also uh people that you do feel like i follow yeah. um ira b madison he is the host creator oh yeah mm-hmm. he had a, he has a book list out on um crooked media under his keep it so mm-hmm. here's the thing guys at the end of the day um there's a lot out there yeah you can find it. You can Google yep. search it. You can. People have already compiled it for you. Yeah, it's all there. And you know what? I really want to thank the Black community for continuing still to make the list right. and the and the PDFs and, and the and marching and yep. the resource links and still trying to be like, hey, you know what? We still have hope in y'all. Yeah. <laughs> So we'll continue to like, you know, as tired as we are, we still want to have hope. And I'm so grateful for that. Um, So yeah, so that's it, kids. Unless you guys have anything else, I think um, we did a lot today. It was a big show. Big show. Big show. I think, yeah, we we brought the energy. We had a great guest with Ari. I mean, how could we not like start off with that type of energy was so amazing so yeah i think we're ready to wrap what do you guys think yep do it let's do it all right so we want to remind you to well before that we want to thank you actually for listening for uh following us on our social handles where you can uh twitter and instagram at the hoops talking um we're also on youtube subscribe subscribe it's gonna be a good show um we're on tiktok at the hoops talk uh talk podcast uh, make sure you uh, you do subscribe to apple podcasts 
Spotify, wherever you listen. Uh, review us if you can, if you have uh, the time. And make sure to download the Good News Radio app because you can get our show at 6.30. If we ever make it back into the studio, then you can chat with us there. But I'm feeling we got a ways to go <laughs> before we yep. get back. Um, so yeah, so please just, you know, tell us what you think. Show us some love. Uh, DM us, what have you. And um, yeah, Karen, how do we want to keep it, babs? Sweaty. Sweaty.